we ran it on QI a few years ago. Yeah. Um, which was, there's no such thing as a fish. Yeah, there's no such thing as a fish. No, seriously, it's in the Oxford Dictionary of Underwater Life. It says it right there, first paragraph, no such thing as a fish. Hello and welcome to another edition of No Such Thing as a Fish coming to you from the QI offices in Covent Garden. My name is Dan Schreiber. I'm sitting here with three other elves, Anna Chazinski, James Harkin and Anne Miller. And we've got on fact-checking duties today, Alex Bell. And once again, we've gathered around the microphone to share our favorite facts from the last seven days. So in no particular order, here we go. Fact number one, James. Um, okay, my fact is the world record for most kicks to one's own head is 127 in a minute. <laughs> Jesus. More than two a second. That's more than two a second. That is still <laughs> a lot of kicks. How did he do it? Well, there's a video on the Guinness Book of Records website, I think. <laughs> right. Uh, it's, I think he's like kind of um, a martial arts guy and he's very supple and and fast and, and possibly stupid and possibly slightly <laughs> mental <laughs> but that means for him to do that speed he has to be going like literally is he related to roy kirby who i know is the guy who's broken the guinness world record he's also a martial arts guy for the hardest kick to the groin Ooh, um, no. I think he, took a, he took a 22 mile an hour kick to the groin with 1100 pounds of force and didn't register any pain at all oh, he said yeah he's built up a pain threshold apparently they do it in a certain there's a certain type of martial art and i can't remember what it's called where basically you run hard objects over your muscles every day and it sort of pulls pulverizes the nerve fibers and causes fractures to the bone and then when they heal the body compensates by adding extra calcium to you which means that you stop feeling pain um here's a newspaper article that i found Uh which is somewhat related to anna's fact yeah um a 28 year old man who claimed to be acting out of curiosity when he asked seven women to kick him in the groin was sentenced yesterday to 60 days in jail one of the women afraid at what he might do if she refused kicked him repeatedly oh my god uh the guy thanked her and left on his bicycle which had no seat (laughs) (laughs) so the court um asked his wife and what she thought about it and she told the court that she was at a loss to explain his conduct and she said i can honestly say i find this as odd and peculiar and disturbing as everyone else (laughs) (laughs) um i wanted to look more into this guy joel leindecker he's the guy who kicked himself in the head 127 times um he's broken his own record a number of times so on one of the occasions um, he was interviewed by someone and they said can I see an example of you doing this and and he said yeah sure um, and so he did it he only managed 80 but what was great was the interview afterwards the interview is going wow I don't know what to say after seeing such a spectacle how do you feel and he was breathing heavily and he's like oh, I'm really exhausted it's, it's really tiring I, <laughs> and she starts trying to interview him and he just keeps getting more and more concussed and oh, out God. of it no. and yeah she, she says um, so how often do you do this and he's like well I pretty much only do it when I know that I'm going to be making a record attempt I don't really practice in my spare time or anything <laughs> Sorry, can I get a second? I'm really, I'm really lightheaded right now. Aww. She goes, sure, sure, don't pass out. He bends down, hands on knees, takes deep breaths. I might actually have to sit down or something. Do you mind if, can we do this interview inside? She basically is just totally concussed off the back of it. And the first time he did it, he did it with shoes on. And he, he didn't know that he should have done that. So now he does it with either socks. Slip, or slipper just, socks. Yeah, what he should wear doing? slippers. You're right. No, he does it barefoot or with socks on. Damn. I imagine the interview would be like, so how do you feel about kicking yourself 127 times in the head? He's like, 
what are you talking about? Who are you? Who am I? Yeah. <laughs> there is another uh, Guinness World Record champ. He's called Ashrita Furman, and he was born the year the first Guinness Book of World Records came out, and he holds the Guinness World Record for holding the most Guinness World Records. Ah. So he's had 533, and 189 are still active, and they include pogo stick jumping underwater, popcorn sculpture, balancing most eggs on head, M&M's eaten blindfolded with chopsticks and drinking 200 millilitres of mustard. Wow. Wow. So the really serious records is yeah. breaking yeah. then. Does it, does, it include, the yeah. does it include this one? Longest distance pulled by a horse while on fire? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen that guy. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah, he was, he was dragged 1,551 feet while on fire by a horse. Um, I think the funnest world record to break is the most rotations hanging from a power drill in a minute, which is 148. It was in 2008. Um, but isn't that fun? So this guy just attached a power drill to the ceiling, held onto it, and just span around on it for a minute. <laughs> I want to start doing that recreationally. That is great. (laughs) The grossest one I found was furthest distance of squirting milk from eyes. Nice. Oh, wow. 279.5 centimetres. Why why is milk coming out of your eyes? Shouldn't you see someone about that? Yeah, people do it by, um, because their sinuses are all attached and they snort it through their nose and shoot it through their no eyes way. I think I, students do it I had a friend at school he could put a whole cocktail stick up his nose don't do that it can kill you <laughs> well, that was his party trick Alfred Kinsey could put a whole um, <laughs> toothbrush up his penis <laughs> bristle end first that at home either what really <laughs> yeah he's a sexologist Alfred Kinsey from yeah. the I don't where's he from the 50s or the 60s? Kinsey report right yeah yeah, yeah. He, uh, his party trick was to put um, a party p- trick who wants to see that <laughs> wait wait I've got a great thing to show you the guy who got women to kick them in the balls was arrested I hope he was arrested at some point <laughs> shall we invite Alfred to the wedding well do uh, party piece. can we search his bag on the way in if there's a toothbrush <laughs> in there <laughs> no way in 2009 Jonathan Lee Riches filed an injunction against the Guinness Book of Records seeking to stop them from naming him as the most litigious individual in the history of mankind <laughs> brilliant <laughs> we That's might have amazing. to bleep his name out of this yeah. podcast yeah. <laughs> that's brilliant Evil Knievel used to have a lot of world records did he? do you remember him? he would jump over buses on a bike and stuff like that as far as I can see I think there is one record that he still owns this is really hard to google but I think there's one thing that he still owns can you guess what it is? Most bones broken is correct. Is it really? Oh, yes. Yeah. Right. Oh. I, yeah. I just that's one thing that I know about him because you watch videos of him and it's 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 actually in terms of Schadenfreude the funniest <laughs> videos online because you see this man like just like yeah I'm gonna own it. I look at these buses. I'm gonna go right over them. And it's gonna be awesome. And every single time he just collapses and just flies across the ground. The guy yeah. who has relatedly the guy who has the record for the furthest ever flown in a car crash was Matthew McKnight it was in 2008 and he flew 118 feet but while he was recovering in a hospital his doctor brought him the forms to sign the Guinness forms to sign to prove that he had flown further than anyone else which I just think is a very unsympathetic doctor move mm. like a couple right. of days he broke like all of his bones He's but not, not enough to get that record yeah not as many as evil can evil <laughs> yeah correct we should try and think up a record that we can break well here's one that we could break yep um, the most Ferrero Rochers eaten in one minute yes. is 10. Oh, is oh they're it? quite big. 10 it, in a minute, no, I reckon. Is it like crackers where they dry yeah. your mouth up so you think it's easy? Or is it cinnamon? No, we'll try in the middle, they have like, it's kind of I liquidy. I could eat 10 in a minute. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Alex, have you got anything to add before we wrap up? Uh, yeah, I did find that in 2006, the man who holds the world record for spending the most time in a cage with centipedes married the woman who held the same record, but with scorpions. <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs>
Okay, it's time now to move on to fact number two, Anne. Yes, there is a bear in the Pyrenees who is facing castration because he has fathered nearly all the other bears. Oh, that's a bit harsh. I think it's harsh. Yeah. Well done, a- him. Yeah. I would, I would, I would say, well done, him. He's amazing. He's called Pyros, and there are about thirty bears, and there are only four other males, and none of them have followed any bears themselves. Wow. But the problem is, officials don't like it because they're worried that he's ruining their gene pool, basically. And there was recently a bear born that was um, his daughter and his granddaughter, and they started to get a bit worried Ooh. that this oh. is problematic. Eel. The problem with Pyros is um, bears generally stop being sexually active around nineteen, but uh, Pyros is twenty-six and still going. Wow! So are the bears because, becoming increasingly more deformed? I think, I think a bear always looks pretty good, so you probably can't tell they're deformed when they're all there for. Well, Pliny didn't think that was true. He thought when a baby bear was born, it was completely shapeless, and that they got the, into their bear shape by being licked into shape by their licked mothers. Licked into shape. I think everything when it's brand new is quite a strange shape, and then they start getting more of their shape when they're... Yeah, that's yeah, a good excuse. Do. I'm not sure what his excuse was for saying that they had very dim eyes when they're born, and the way that they get their eyes better is to allow bees to sting their faces. <laughs> to improve their eyesight uh, I was uh, I got very interested in the idea of this bear because um, I didn't realise that their sex drive was so high so I did a very quick Google on it I didn't get very far what did I, you Google? horny bears <laughs> oh gosh uh, bear means something very different in the gay community which I didn't I completely <laughs> forgot I did know that but I completely forgot so just anyone out there if you do click uh, horny bear into Google uh, don't then click on the link that says my favourite hot and horny bears certainly don't do it at war uh... <laughs> Imagine what, that we're all completely misunderstanding this news article. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, dear. Okay, yeah. there's a bear in the Bible. Well, there's a few, actually, but one of them I like. Um, the biblical prophet Elisha once cursed a group of children who teased him for being bold. Uh, as a result, they were mauled by bears and killed. Uh, yeah, I love that story. Because it's something ridiculous, like... 42 kids like yeah. it's a lot of children and they're like baldy baldy and he's like right fine you're gonna get killed by bears yeah so do you know what to, what you have to do if you're attacked by bears i think we covered Depends on this which kind of bear, isn't it? yeah that's right if, what's that so you might be attacked by a brown bear or a black bear yes uh, the problem is that brown bears are sometimes black and black bears are sometimes brown so it's hard to tell if you're attacked by a brown bear then you should play dead but if you're attacked by a black bear and you play dead you'll almost certainly be killed yeah, these yeah. dudes interested are like, well... Yeah. Oh, yeah, and they're just like, oh, chase. this is so much easier. Pyros would be like, I want a chase. I don't want to just lie Pyrus there. Pyros would shag us. Pyros <laughs> <laughs> probably shag you, yeah. Uh, Peter the Great trained up two bears. He had two white bears to serve vodka to his guests, and if they didn't accept the vodka, then he would train the bear to harass them, which I think might explain <laughs> Russia's vodka problem, because you're not going to turn down vodka. From an angry bear. What do you mean harass them? I In think what just like nod you. Come on, mate. Oh, come okay. on. The other thing is a white bear is presumably a polar bear. Yeah. Uh, my favourite kind of bear is a spectacled bear. They actually have markings like they're wearing a pair of glasses. They're amazing. If you haven't seen them, look them up. Isn't Paddington based That's on... That's where I was going, because ah. they are the only bear um, found in, sa- in South America. So Paddington, by default, must be a spectacled bear. But of course, we know he's not a polar, but I like yeah. the idea of Paddington with glasses. And Paddington was originally going to be from deepest, darkest Africa. But the problem with that is there are no bears in Africa. There's no bears so in Africa. Yeah, that. that makes sense. Is it true that Byron had a bear? Yep. Yeah. That, so that's that's true. We've discussed this in the podcast actually. But that he why? It to Oxford. Any time that I've seen um, news about this bear, the one thing that doesn't come up is the name of the bear. 
Oh. How do we know that he had a bear, yet the name of the bear has not made it through? One more bear thing um, I didn't know was that during the Cold War in the 1960s, Americans tested their supersonic jet ejector seats on bears. Oh, God. And they fired bears out of the ejector seats and then tested how safely they landed. And they survived, actually, but then they had to put the bears down to study what had happened to their spines and what happened to their internal organs. What? So they, they were so launching far. bears out of airplanes? <laughs> yeah, there were pictures. These bears looked they, pretty terrified. How did they get a bear in an ejector seat? Yeah. They must have been drugged. They were drugs. So yeah. um, we did the thing on QI about the pig face ladies, which mm-hmm. was actually a shaved bear in a dress. Yeah. And they used to get the bears really drunk before they shaved them. Yeah. That's insane. Hey, do you know what a... a uh, it's either a, the pronunciation is tapit or tapet. I'm not sure what the pronunciation is. It's associated with bears. Do you know what that is? T-A-P-P-E-T. I'm what? Not, I don't think I know that word. It's basically the um, blockage that is created uh, when they go into hibernation. Like a butt plug of hair. It's a butt hair. plug. Yeah, yeah, butt plug of hair. That, uh, yeah, it's amazing. That, that For seven months, they can sleep. They don't eat, drink, urinate, defecate. How do you do that? Seven months. That's like... By plugging up your butt. I am. Yeah. My mind's blown by hibernation. Yeah, no, they do. They don't hibernate. They go into torpor, and um, which is slightly different. But some female bears can give birth while they're asleep. What? Yeah. Wow. It's not not all of them, but some of them do. They must have a seriously high pain threshold. I think they just pass out drunk for a full seven months. That kind of <laughs> explains that. And they do like alcohol. Well, Wojciech the bear loved beer, didn't he? Did Wojciech, he? who helped the Poles in World War Two. Um, carrying artillery back and forth. Okay. Um, but his favourite drink was beer, and he loved a cigarette. This was a bear. Yeah, Wojciech the bear. He's really famous. I think, I think there's, there's a statue of him in Prince's Street now in Edinburgh because he spent the rest of his days in Scotland. I think. Good place. Well, we've also got that um, penguin at Edinburgh Zoo, Niels Olaf. Is does he a Norwegian guard? Yeah, got a, a knighthood. Or... Um, we are going to have to move on. Alex, uh, have you got anything you want to add? Uh, only that Byron's bear was called Bruin. We know his name. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> Bruin is just a name for a bear, though, really, isn't it? Oh, okay. It also just sounds like a misspelling of Byron. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't write that down wrong at Cambridge. Okay, it's time to move on to fact number three, and that's my fact, and that is Poland's only official ghost hunter thinks that ghosts have given up on haunting humans. Oh. Yeah. Now, it's amazing that Poland has an official registered ghost hunter to begin with. Yeah. Uh, Secondly, he's very dispirited because he thinks that we've become all too skeptical and that ghosts are no longer interested in humans. Or it could be that he's a very, very bad hunter and he just can't find them because he's a rubbish hunter and he's blaming it on them disappearing. That's very true. I mean, I I know that in Bhutan, there's an official Yeti hunter. Yeah, yeah. And he's been working for the king. He's under his second king now because a new king took over and he's been working with him for something like 20 odd years. And uh, nothing. He's you know nothing. Really? Yeah, but he. But what he said is is the reason we haven't seen any is that a they have the ability to turn themselves invisible. Secondly, he says that they have the ability to take their feet off and put them back on the other way round. So when it looks like they've walked one way, in fact they've gone the other. <laughs> They're sneaky. It's very hard to tell where a yeti's gone. To. Well, I've been to Bhutan and they have a yeti sanctuary, don't they? They do. Sanctuary. Yes, they have a yeti park. It's an actual yeti park where there are like park rangers. We look after the yetis. Um, So when you say an official ghost hunter, is this like a government-sanctioned post? Yeah. I mean, presumably he's just a private guy and people pay him to go and hunt for ghosts, right? Yeah, I think that's what it is. And people have stopped paying him now because they don't believe in ghosts anymore and he's a bit pissed off. So he's decided to claim that the ghosts are angry with people. I think they might have gone to Wales um, because last year the Welsh police force uh, received 13 reports of ghosts um, up from only two in 2010. 
Bloody Martin. Polish immigrants. Is this what people are talking about <laughs> when they say that? <laughs> I can say that because I'm half Polish. <laughs> but as well as finding 13 um, ghosts in Wales, um, South Wales police also got reports of three zombies, two werewolves, two vampires and six witches. Wow. I yeah. think they're on like a paranormal road tour because Nottingham in 2011 said in the last six years they had 34 cases of ghosts and they also had 46 witchcraft and three UFOs, all of which turned out to be Chinese lanterns. Yeah, <laughs> Chinese lanterns are often the most mistaken object for a UFO. They did this huge breakdown of everything that people thought was a UFO and what it actually turned out to be. And Chinese lanterns was way up. Right at the bottom, 2% of all UFO sightings uh, turned out to be the moon. <laughs> Do you know about the uh, the big ghostly frenzy that happened in London back in 1762? I do not. The okay, frenzy. this is the story. It's it's called Scratching Fanny of Cock Lane. Oh yes, oh, I yeah. do know about yeah, this. Scratching <laughs> Fanny of Cock Lane is amazing. Uh, just for anyone who doesn't know it, in 1762, there was a public frenzy in London over the ghost of Fanny Kent scratching and knocking coded messages from behind a wall of a room where she lived. The owner of the house sold tickets so that you could witness it, uh, and storeholders sold refreshments uh, to crowds who were gathering outside, so it was a really big thing. Uh, the Duke of York came to see it, Samuel Johnson came, uh, he did a seance there, but he debunked the whole thing. Wow. Um, and the noise turned out to be made by an 11-year-old girl called Elizabeth who was concealed behind the wooden board uh, and was doing it with her uh, corset. But this is the interesting thing, is that obviously throughout history, people have reported poltergeisty kind of things. Um, and a surprising fact that I read is that it's mostly associated with pubescent girls around 11 and 12 years old. Yeah. Which is why in all the movies, like Exorcist, it's always a young girl. But... James, do you, know, do you know anything about that? Like, is there any um, research? I know some history of it. Um, you know how um, sometimes um, people say if it's if they're trying to talk to a ghost, they'll say knock once for yes and twice for no. Yeah, uh, that came from um, some sisters. I can't remember their name. I think they might be the Fox sisters or something. And um, they were tricking their parents by um, setting up a load of levers, which would make bangs underneath a table just for fun, really. But then suddenly all the neighbors got involved and then suddenly it became really famous across the country. And then uh, eventually they admitted that it was all a hoax. But yeah, that's where that once once and twice knocking thing comes from. Okay, right. Um, but there have been a few over the history about um, young girls doing things like that. Yeah, yeah, and the Enfield Poltergeist case, which was um, an 18-month-long ghost haunting that yeah. happened in up in Enfield in London. We had a guy on uh, the upcoming series of Museum of Curiosity who, he's a skeptic, but he studied it all, and, and his point about it was the only thing that they said as a what could be the explanation was is that the girl in question, who was a young 11- to 12-year-old girl at the time, uh, was that she was very clever. Um, but he doesn't buy that as an excuse because uh, he thinks... That was Will Starr, wasn't it? Will Starr, yeah. yeah. Um, but you can see, you can see because like in your story, the no one and two knocking, that's an 11-year-old girl. In the story of scratching Fanny at Cock Lane, that's a 11- yeah. to 12-year-old girl. Maybe 11- to 12-year-old girls are incredibly clever. Maybe that's it. They might be. Um, there's also, they're quite susceptible to hysteria. Um, when you get things happening where large groups of people all believe something which isn't quite true. Or all get hiccups. Yeah, I'll get hiccups or I'll get a laughing fit or whatever. Often it does turn out to be um, pubescent girls. Makes right. sense. Based on what you know of um, adolescence, 
yeah. the beginning of adolescence, you're very impressionable. And there was is a cult, there's a history of like people assuming hysteria in girls. Can um, I tell you about Scottish ghost tours? Yes. Go on. Um, when I was really young, my mom basically put me off them for ages because she told me she saw an ad in the local paper for a jumper ooter. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, Alex, have you got anything you want to add to this before we move on? Uh, only if anyone is interested in looking up uh, the origin of the not once for yes, twice for no, the sisters were called Margaret and Kate Fox. Oh, they were Fox. That's yeah, good. it was Fox. Mm. Bang on. Foxy girls. I'll just, I just want to quickly add that this guy in Poland, this official ghost hunter, um, is very upset with the situation, does want it to change. Um, he has a 24-hour hotline that you can call him on if you have a ghost that you'd like to report because he complains that very few people now take ghosts seriously. So even if they do have a paranormal experience, they tend to ignore it and are reluctant to contact him. Uh, and his name is Puita Shalkowitz. And if you want to get in contact with him, there is a hotline, or you can email him on ghost underscore hunted at vp.pl. Well, he thinks that people are just, they see ghosts, but they don't care enough these days. You see a ghost and you think, whatever, I'll just get on with my day. Yeah, the thing is about ghosts, apparently, is most of them are not like see-through people who are people in sheets or whatever. They're just normal looking people, which makes me think, they probably are normal people. Yeah. Yeah. That means I see ghosts all the time. Do you? <laughs> yeah. You guys, uh, for instance. <laughs> and what's Bruce Willis doing in the corner of the room? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Time to move on to <laughs> fact number four. That is Chazinski. Yep. My fact I found out this week in a recent New Scientist is that fallout from the Cold War is being used to solve murders. Okay, explain. Right, so nuclear testing of the US and the USSR between 1952 and 1963 caused a massive spike in the carbon-14 isotope. And it's the type of carbon that you measure the degeneration of when you're carbon dating to see how old something is. Okay. So there's this sudden spike in the atmosphere of carbon-14. It was spread all over the world. Um, And then as soon as the weapons ban came in in 1963, it started declining again. So... You can tell when something died by comparing how much carbon-14 in their body uh, to what they call the bomb curve, which is the gradual decrease of carbon-14 in the atmosphere since 1963. You can tell when they died. Right, so okay. that's how you date someone's death. So it's, it's actually been really useful. I just like the fact that like, in hundreds of thousands of years' time, they're going to look at our bodies and we'll be the Cold War generation because our bodies have, you know, yeah. we're kind of, as much radio We're kind of all superheroes yeah. in a way. Do you know what the perfect... Um, thing for forensics is apparently it's glitter glitter yeah the reason is that glitter sticks to you and you can't get rid of it no matter what and because people just accept it and it's there they don't really care about it so they just leave it on themselves for days and days and days and apparently it's if you commit a crime in a circus for instance or in a child's birthday party or something then they can they can use the glitter so if someone comes and assaults you or murders you you should always keep a little box of glitter so you can throw it over them at the last minute be like yeah it'd be like smart water it's interesting as well there must have been a big period where people were testing out new methods like forensics and fingerprints and so on and we've adopted them as kind of absolute truth now for a lot of them fingerprints i know is actually slightly Uh, queried because every different country has different requirements for what makes up a match of a fingerprint so in france and australia they need 12 identical points to make sense of a fingerprint whereas in italy they need 16 and in america it just varies from state to state of how many they're just like he's got fingers yeah he's the guy yeah that's our man 
But fingerprinting somehow has made it through. But there's other ones. Back in the 1970s, there was a lady called Dr. Louise Robbins, um, and she was at the University of North Carolina. She declared herself to be the world's only footprint identification expert. Uh, and she claimed that she could not only identify the shoes, uh, but the person who had been wearing the shoes as well. And as a result, 12 people were sent to prison. And after her death, a panel of 135 forensic experts reviewed her work and realized that it was just absolute nonsense. Uh, <laughs> eight people went to prison. 12. 12. Yeah. Wow. Um, actually, I have a really good one about uh, solving a crime. There's a, I love this story. There's a 12 year old called Jessica Maple, and she went on a, a summer camp called Be a Junior District Attorney. And then um, her grandmother had died a few years ago and people broke in and stole stuff from her house. And so she used her skills and outsmarted the police and found the guys that she um, went to the house, found a broken window and fingerprints that the police had missed. And then she told them. And then while they were following her lead, she found, she found a local pawn shop that had all her grandma's stuff in it. And then they had managed to identify the guys who'd taken it. Ah, and she was 12. Wow. Which just was Good like, for her. So just junior district attorney? Yeah. Cool. Well, I, I have another thing about kids, and uh, this is about nuclear stuff. There was um, a Boy Scout in America called David Hahn, and he earned his merit badge in atomic energy, presumably by answering a quiz or something like that. Or making nuclear bombs. Well, that's what he decided to do. <laughs> oh, he decided no. he had a badge, and so he was going to build a nuclear reactor. And so he collected small amounts of radioactive material from household goods like smoke detectors and built himself a nuclear reactor in his shed. Wow. And oh the God. police accidentally discovered it when they were looking for something else. Uh, the U.S. government commandeered his mother's house, uh, decontaminated it, and buried his shed in the desert in Utah. Wow. <laughs> oh, my God. But, uh, they took his whole shed to the desert. That's like up, but like with radiation. Yeah. <laughs> Down. <laughs> Wasn't there a guy in England recently who became the youngest person to build a nuclear reactor? Yes. And I might have made that up, so maybe Alex could check it. I think he lived in, I want to say Slough. It was somewhere that sounds comically bad. <laughs> really glamorous. <laughs> but, um, a 13-year-old boy called Jamie Edwards uh, who made it at school. Yeah. 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 Apparently, it's illegal to move sheep in Wales until they've been checked to see whether they carry traces of the fallout from Chernobyl. Really? Yeah. On this particular subject, I've got a question for you guys. Oh, yeah. Why shouldn't you buy trousers from the northern Ukraine? I don't know. Why yeah. shouldn't you buy trousers from the northern Ukraine? Chernobyl fallout. Ah. <laughs> 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 Ladies and gentlemen, that is the joke. Yeah, just so you know, just as a little inside bit of behind the scenes information here, Anna has consistently for the last, what, 14 podcasts said that same joke and we've cut it out every single episode. James has refused to have it in the podcast. This is a day. And you will not hear it in this one either yeah. unless someone else said it. It's the best joke ever. Um, Alex, do you have anything to add before we move on? Yeah, the thing about uh, sheep in Wales being radioactive is right. Uh, all the sheep in the highest part postures um, still are exposed to the highest levels of uh, cesium um, and so they will have to be tested and regulated before they go to market. So for those people left still shagging sheep, stop it. It's very dangerous. <laughs> no, I, yeah, I'm not sure they do that. James, don't ruin my fantasies. Because if they did, the knobs would fall out. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, that's it. That's the end of our show. Thanks, everyone, for listening. If you want to find out anything about the stuff that we've been talking about, you can actually head over to our qi.com slash podcast page where we're going to have all sorts of videos, maybe a list of records that you could break, an update on whether we actually did the Ferrero Rocher experiment, some great Evil Knievel videos where he gets tossed around. Uh, so to speak. So to speak. Uh, some ghost imagery, perhaps. Um, and, a and, and a picture of Pyrus, the horn 
horny bear without actual horny bears that I saw on the internet this morning. Um, okay, that's it, really. Uh, if you want to talk to any of us about the things that we've said during the course of this podcast, you can get us all on our Twitter handles. I'm on at Schreiberland. James? At Eggshaped. Anne? At Miller underscore Anne. Alex? At Alex Bell underscore. And Anna? Uh, if you email podcast at qi.com. Yes. Hashtag get Anna on Twitter. Yeah. Sorry. Someone made the argument that if... If you don't have Twitter, how can you see the hashtag? So what we've done is we've printed out all of the tweets and posted them around Anna's desk yeah. at work. <laughs> We're shoving Fax it. Fax them to me. <laughs> Carrier pigeons. <laughs> okay, cool. Uh, thanks so much for listening. We'll be back again next week with another episode of No Such Thing as a Fish. And we'll catch you then. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>